You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Lust for Life with Mad Dog Matter. All right, my people. That's right, babies. Lust for Life. We are back. It's been a month since we've recorded, but it's only been a week to you guys, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's address this. This is the third intro we're recording this for this is the episode. Third time I'm not going to lie. Intro. I love it. You, as you should, my friend. Felt rusty. I think we're feeling each other out. We didn't have a special guest host with us. It was just me and Benji, which is always awesome. Benji Sussman. Right here, my dude. I think I mispronounced it. Love it. Good. That's the way we should do it every time. All right. We have to address some things. We had to redo the intro initially because we weren't feeling it. Now we're redoing it again because we just finished our interview with our guest, Aaron Bronstein, who was running for city council of the Upper West Side in New York City. And he's a legendary boxing promoter and a great filibuster and talker. Mm-hmm. And we barely talked about anything that I just said right there. We did, he didn't never talked about politics. Talk, didn't even scratch the surface. Scratch the surface. Not even a scratch of anything. There was no surface. <laughs> um, tried to get him to talk about uh, boxing promoting. Um, it would lead into Errol Flynn movies. You think my mind goes all over the goddamn place? Yeah. This Chacharun. War and fruits and vegetables and fighting and what everyone's going to die. It's and- unbelievable. So this show is about bringing you people who have a lust for life. Obviously, the name. Ha-ha. Um, he has a lust for it. He is his own person. He mm-hmm. marches to his own beat. Um, each show tries to have a theme. We had religion, we had politics, we had this, that, blah, blah, blah. Um, this theme is be who the fuck you is, I mm-hmm. guess, because yeah. there is no general topic. So we're going to present this interview. You should listen to it. Um, we don't do that much heavy lifting, me and Benji. No. I sniper in a few lines. Benji tries to ask intellectual <laughs> questions. This man takes it the fuck over. Yeah. This is he. He kind of Allen Iversons it, <laughs> but in a good way. It goes all over. The, enjoy. This is what I want you all to do. And I just bang the table. Who cares? Um, enjoy the fact that someone is so trusting of themselves that Doesn't they will question, go on the show. Exactly. Does he never questions his point of view at it, any moment? It goes all over the place. I don't think he necessarily agrees with everything he says. I think he basically could be the greatest improv artist of all time. I think he just, there's the impulse, yes and, go. I go with it. I take it here, I take it there. Um, He goes on so many regressions and sides. I I just want to know about growing up in Brooklyn, and we are talking about Kurt fucking Vonnegut 40 minutes later. We still don't know shit about him growing up in Brooklyn, but it was fascinating to be a part of. Yeah, like you said, maybe he's the best improviser. Part of me thinks he's been saying the same exact thing for 50 years also. You think he's always had this spiel and he's, he's bought his own spiel, but you don't think it's necessarily 100% true. I think he's, uh, he switches on like the, I'm here to talk, so I'm just going to talk, and then just runs with stuff. That could be it. I mean, he is an old school boxing promoter, and they yeah. used to have to sell to get you in. This was before the internet. This was, come see my fighter. Remember, everyone thinks boxing has always just sold out and everyone went to see every fight. No, you had a handful of stars at any given time. People would go to the fights, but that's where a promotion came from. People right. would promote you to go see 
two white dudes from Germany fighting in the middle of Philadelphia. Why do we give a shit about these guys? They each got five losses. There's no belt. We don't know who they are. They would sell you to come in. This is He is an embodiment of what that profession is. Right. Look at Don King. Always talking, keeping it moving, selling you on the idea. But also totally disconnecting from what the question is. You ask him about boxing promoting. He talks about how he uh, created Woodstock. <laughs> well, I do not think he was a part of Woodstock. <laughs> we, need a, we need a fact check. Everything. Everything. We need footnotes to this. If we had the time to give, we should like Mystery Science Theater this. We should do like a yes. director's cut and stop it every minute and just go, okay, we looked this up. Right. Um, at one point, he does bring up Woodstock and Jim Morrison and Benji and myself stare at each other like I've never seen. Like we froze. Like we both saw Medusa. Right. It is insane. So uh, please enjoy it. Um, we didn't even talk about him losing the uh thing he just ran for the upper west side he just ran for city council everybody and um this is the day after the election yeah and he came in tell the story for the 85th time first time it's going to be heard benji <laughs> well uh last night on the news it said he got one percent but he came into the club he came in last night telling us when we just spoke to him to I get him it. on just last night he's got it in the books looks like he's winning yeah he's got one percent maybe that's all he wanted like yeah, exactly. all ralph nader wanted was that five percent right in that thing so um that's what we got um it's very fascinating. We'll probably have him on a couple more times. Yeah. Um, he is the father, Natasha Leone, the yep. actress. We didn't bring her up. I have a feeling they don't get along. I don't know. I've seen her give interviews. The apple didn't even fall off the tree. Let's just be honest. <laughs> it is still on the tree. It's very similar. Um, God knows. Fascinating. I would really, can we develop a reality show where we go to his. His apartment's got to be... It's got to be cuckoo. It's got to be insane with all kinds of... He definitely is a pack rat, right? A definitely doesn't throw anything away. Oh, no way. I, is, we, we should have a... We, we took a picture. We're going to post a picture so you can see how he, how he walked in. It's 95 degrees. He's got a three-piece suit. A, 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 a tuxedo. Ve- a tuxedo jacket, a vest, a button-down shirt, rings, long ponytail, thin mustache above, some... Some cool glasses, actually. I'll give him the glasses. He's put together. Let's say he's put together on the outside. Let's see about the inside. Yeah. So enjoy this. Um, Aaron Bronstein, what, what can you he say? He's won. To say he's won in a million is not giving a credit. He is won in 252.3 million. Sounds I want right. to go specific. So enjoy this interview, and we'll be back. Boom. Worst thing that could happen is a phone going off. Is it off? No. I don't know how to turn it off. I normally throw it on the floor. Well, that's a good way to turn it off. No, I'm serious. I, I just don't know how to do it. And you could say, uh, just so you know, you can say whatever you want. I don't curse. Okay. Never curse. I probably will, though. It's not smart. Yeah. No, tell me, Woody Allen. If you're a great comic, intellectual, anyone could say penis, you know? Oh, oh. okay. Well, anyone could say Whatever anything. Whatever you like. Do you mind if we curse? Do anything you want. Thank you, sir. It's a free country. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. My pops used to say that quite a bit. All right, we are back here. Lust for life. Hold it. Special... Was that what Vincent Van Gogh, Lust for Life? Kirk Douglas played Vincent Van Gogh. It was called Lust for Life. Yes. Warner Brothers. 
great film. You what, know, where he cuts his hair off and stuff. 1957. And that's how we start the guest segment. <laughs> that's what we named it after. <laughs> I, uh, we actually named it after an Iggy Pop album, but, you know, and song, because that embodies what we're looking for. People with the lust for life. People who live and march to their own beat and do what they do. And our guest here, to the right of me, Aaron Bronstein. Um, definitely, you are you fit that mold, my friend. No, I'm a very conservative, regular person. I, so I, why don't you look at my website? Yes. NY Shock Jock. NY Shock Jock. Stern Shock Jock. I'm NY Shock Jock. That's it. And he's dying to get the NY, but I won't sell it to him no matter what. And why won't you sell it to him? Now, first of all, I, I respect him. We know how difficult show business is, the toughest business in the world. So he made $300 million last year. I only made two ninety nine, so I'm all upset. That's why I decided to do Stand Up New York, the hippest club in New York. Very much. 78th and Broadway. Now, every night's a new adventure with great comics, like young people, like just starting out, early 20s. Once in a while, they bring in an old person like Eddie Murphy. I don't trust people with two first names. No? No. As a general rule, you got burned? No, Eddie Murphy. No, but did someone with two first names do burn you once? No, it's that you... called uh, Aaronisms. 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 So I've been in the sports industry for 40 years, and uh, professional athletes are very superstitious. Yes. They have such a short shelf life before they have a horrible injury to their wheels. Wheels, ankle, knee, hip, anything. How long do they last, professional athletes? Always in pain. Sure. It's just a very tough game. Well, let's, so, maybe let's talk about how you got into uh, sports. You want to tell people exactly your background and what you do? Yeah. When I was a young girl and I was born in Brooklyn, I was born in Borough Park naked. My, my parents were <laughs> You rich. were born with clothes on? No, let me, this is a true story. Okay. I was born naked in Borough Park as a kid. Okay. Got it? So my parents are rich, and they, they put a white mink coat on me right away. Right from the jump. That's White it. mink coat. No, kidding around. No high school stuff. Diapers, that's like middle class. Who wants middle class? You want like aristocrats. Like you want <laughs> Prince Charles. Like like Prince Charles. Do you know I'm president of the Prince Charles fan club? You, you are. are. Seriously. And what is that detail? Do you send out buttons to people? Do newsletter you, a newsletter or anything? Well, that's a good question. So, you know, I'm best known for... I won't get answered. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, you're asking good questions. I'm writing them down in Braille. <laughs> I'm studying Braille lately. So, boxing was started by the English, the Marquis of Queensberry in 1898. Yes. Oscar Wilde's boyfriend's father. Oscar Wilde was the best writer that we know about since Shakespeare. So, bottom line, it's an English sport. Mm -hmm. They started the rules, three rounds. Our boxing round is three minutes you box, one minute you sit shiver, weight classes, a 150-pound person can't fight a 300-pound gorilla. Everyone has to weigh the same. Before that, a knockdown, a round, when you knock someone down on the ground, that was called a round. That was it? They yeah, they boxed until they passed away. It was uh, kind of brutal. Now it's like easy. You wear 10-ounce gloves, and you wear hand wraps, and between you rounds... Think it's, you think it's too soft right now? Um, boxing's never soft. It's the hardest thing in the world. Do you ever change a light bulb 
Yes. I know you box. You've yes. taken boxing lessons and lessons, Jim. So have you ever changed like a light bulb? Keep your hand, like paint the ceiling. Have you ever painted a ceiling? I have not painted a ceiling, my friend. Do you ever change a light bulb on top of your head? Yeah. How long could you hold your hands up? Not very long. No. You'll go tired uh, a and couple minutes boxing. in. So a boxer has to have the hands up for three minutes. It's like eight lifetimes, right? And a great fighter throws 80, 90 punches within um, three minutes. How long is three? 180 seconds. It's so hard just the uh, even to breathe. It's amazing. It's, it is. It's the sweet science. It's not just brawling. People don't understand it. There's a lot of yeah, smarts I mean, to it. <laughs> no, it's the um, a lot of education actually in being able to be a great fighter. So currently, I teach boxing pugilism, technical word at West Point Military Academy. You do. Currently, in West Point. Please explain what that details in your class. West Point's the aristocracy of America. To get into West Point, one must have close to an 800 on their SATs in both English and math be a world-class athlete, and have a senate to sign for you. Every general in America since the Revolutionary War has gone to West Point. During the Civil War, 1861 to 1865, every general on both the North and the South were West Point graduates. The greatest honor of my life, I'm allowed to work at West Point. We meet the finest young American Females and males of all time. You should go there. It's one hour from the city. It's the most beautiful thing. Yet they have museums and it's just really gorgeous. Yeah, I think it's I took a school free. trip there. Yeah, I was going to suggest we do a field trip. We're Stand up New York it. field We're trip. We're going to do it. Can we book a show there? We've, we've yeah, done. Yeah. Do they laugh? Well, yeah, we think they'll enjoy a comedy show or. Well, everyone likes comedy. We did city. We did city field. We, we did. We did. Uh, we did the ping pong joint. We did ping pong. We did. Uh, Ro- Roosevelt Island. Island. Let me forget Island. about me. Everyone knows who I am. No. What, what do you guys do? Well, I'm, no. We're, this is why you're here. Last night. Yes. Talking about your uh, life. Yeah, did, you, we're fascinated with you, sir. Uh, no. So no, I'm fascinated with you guys. Okay. You pick. Woody Allen taught me. The toughest thing to do is laughter. Comedy in New York. Everyone's cynical, yes. uptight. They probably don't want to laugh because then they're not cool. To make New Yorkers laugh is so difficult. To do tragedy is easy. Um, everyone's mother and father dies. Everyone goes broke. They get divorced. They get cancer. Easy to do tragedy. To make someone laugh, impossible. It is impossible. Well, in New York, it's real difficult. And uh, tri-state area, Jersey, Connecticut. Everyone, a lot of people think if they laugh at you, it's like showing weakness. This, these are states where everyone has to look tough. No one wants to, to be vulnerable. And so uh, you'll find a lot of times people will come to comedy shows not wanting to laugh. Yeah. That they sit there and say, okay, make me laugh. Well, that's a great attitude after you <laughs> shelled out $20 cover and you're paying for drinks right. and all that. Like, big Mama Luke's. Remember, you, know? t- you remember t- a Tony Soprano? Yeah. I remember him, sir, yes. Could you imagine Tony Soprano doing stand-up? If you don't laugh, they might break your head. If you do laugh, you can't laugh at him. What are you supposed to do if Tony Soprano does stand-up? Well, I think I would laugh. I think I, think I, I laugh more at that show than any sitcom in the last 30 years. Not necessarily him. Paulie Walnuts could, mm-hmm. could work anywhere in America. You'd book him right now, I'd Benji. book him right now. I'd book Tony Sirico? Tonight. tonight. The whole, the whole gang. So I just want to give a call out. Yeah. Give this a call guy out. was a gentleman. 
So when I first started my talk radio and TV shows like 20 years ago, he was very nice to me. He made all the Sopranos have to come on my show. And he was like that. He's a great New York guy. If he liked you, do anything for you. If he disliked you, look out. Go move to Jersey. I mean, that was the truth on this guy. It's a great... And who's that, How Tony Sirico? Oh, no, that's Gandolfini. Okay. okay. James Gandolfini is one of the most interesting characters of all time. Really? Then he developed, like, a, a character. I mean, think about it. Before that, they made millions of movies on the, the mafia, right? Millions. Man, when I was a kid, they had the Untouchables sure. TV series. First of all, what's the infatuation with the mafia? Is anyone Italian here? I'm a quarter Italian, sir. Okay. So everyone wants to be Italian when they grow up. So what's the infatuation with that? It's modern-day cowboys. That's really what it is. The mafia is the Old West. That's what that is. Let me tell you why this guy's a genius. So remember, He's pointing me when he said that, everybody. He's pointing <laughs> to me. I am a genius. So tell everyone your name. Well, they, I think they know, sir. They listen, Mad Dog Matter and James Matter. Okay. Yes. But where are you working from? You have to do what, when, and where. Where at? We're at Stand Up New York, but I think they know that because we, we work yeah, for Stand Up Labs. I mean, this is this is probably our seventh episode, I believe. So I think people have kind of gotten lucky seven, lucky well, number seven. seven. Oh, you're our lucky number seven. Oh, I'm always been the luck guy. Yeah. Yeah. Certain people are just naturally lucky. You are lucky, and yeah. you are dressed lucky, if I can say that. I just saw gold cufflinks. You are you look like you should be in the movie Casino Royale, hanging with Bond, and that's that's oh, very th impressive. Thank you. People don't dress up enough anymore, and it's, it's hot out. It is hot, and you still wore a jacket. No, a tuxedo jacket. And a vest. I don't I wear mean, a regular jacket. What are you, what are you kidding me? No. Wait. You're dressed thoroughbred style, sir, and we so, appreciate let me, that let me here. Tell, let me Muscle tell you life. to play. At so, Stand Up New York. If, on it, if, you, if you go to my website, just Google my name. Aaron, like Moses' brother, A-A-R-O-N, Braunstein. All brawn, no brain. Call me in high school. B-R-A-U-N-S-T-E-I-N. New York shock jock. Forget that. So the main thing, if you study my website... My main saying, Please. main Aaronism, if you dress well and look good, you don't need a purpose in life. You don't need a purpose. Do you say you don't have a purpose? Do you no, think let's you do don't this again. Do? Let's do this slowly. Okay. If you dress well and look good, you don't need a purpose in life. Okay. An example, Prince Charles, what does he do for a living? He's just, nothing. No. Well, you're we, the president look, look of the fan club, you tell us. Huh. He, he dresses beautifully. Seville Row suits, Aston Martin for a sports car, English version of the Ferrari and Maserati, big V12. He has a Rolls Royce at night to chill, wears the most beautiful clothes. And let me tell you about Prince Charles. Uh, Prince could do everything. They could fly helicopters, jets, race cars. They all fence. can? Yes. They're raised a different way. Oh, okay. Be a the only prince we know about is that skinny guy from Minnesota? I bet he could fly in a helicopter. <laughs> no, I mean while I'm playing a saxophone, I would bet on that. No, I mean, <laughs> without a, a question, he's a very talented person. But Prince Charles had it started. So I'm a boxing promoter. Yes, I but let's be honest, Prince Charles could not dress well and still not have a purpose in life. But how does he dress? But he happens to because he's got nothing else to do. He could no. dress like a slob. No, that's his job. So he's trying to promote <clears throat> promote his country. Seville Row, S-I-V-I-L-L-E, makes the best suits in the world in England. They started 5,000 off the rack. Um, Aston Martin is their best sports car, and they make Rolls Royce and Bentley also. 
So he's trying to promote his country to do business. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. What's, your, what's your purpose in life? Um, I don't know. Every day above ground is a beautiful thing for people like me. Every minute I get a gift. I never know what's going to happen. I might win the lottery in five minutes. Anything is possible. Do you regularly play the lottery? Never. <laughs> but you still might win it. I'm just telling you so. Once you're dead, you're really screwed. Game's over. Game you can't even get depressed on Monday. You can't do anything. Mm -hmm. That is a valid quote. You can't I mean, even get depressed on Monday because there is no Monday. Yeah. Well, let's take Iggy Pop, right? The great Iggy Pop. Okay. So how come he's not dead? No, well, he, he, he probably tried to. Yes. <laughs> well, his arteries are still working. He's but no, still not breathing. Not with a body like that. He has like 5% body fat. He's a workout freak. Come on. You see the guy, he looks like a prize fight. Doesn't he always look great? Yes. Doesn't eat vegetables, ironically. Doesn't? Doesn't. How, how do he, you know? In interviews, he hates, he calls them um, plant people, and he, he eats sometimes two steaks and two potatoes for dinner every day. Let me he tell you why, why I agree. Midwest why I agree. boy. Okay. Okay. So, I never eat fruits and vegetables, ever. Never, ever. Well, ask me the reason. What's what the is reason? First of all, since I'm in the professional sports business, athletes need their body to make a living, correct? Correct. So let's make believe you're Tiger Woods. I do resemble Tiger Woods more than <laughs> anyone here, yes. No, I mean, you, do, you look like Tiger Woods. I do look. Okay. I am the black man here. That's okay. not a question. Say you hurt your pinky. It's hurt. It's, it's what do, you, do you think you go to a regular doctor? Every time he plays golf, he gets $10 million. Stations make $100 million. Do you think that Tiger Woods goes to the same doctors as we go to? No. Say you're running back for the Giants or the Jets. No. Do you go to a regular? Well, they need their body to make a living, correct? Correct. So after studying professional athletes for 40 years, I learned a lot. Whatever they do, I do. But why don't you eat fruits and vegetables? Well, my father was a combat colonel in the United States Air Force. During World War II, it was called the U.S. Air Corps. He was a 17-year-old boy from Brooklyn, 82nd volunteer from New York State, Colonel Jerome Bronstein, a combat pilot. You know what a combat pilot does? I would, I would guess that you fly planes into combat, and you like shoot at other planes and probably drop bombs. And they're shooting at you. Yeah. So I have a cousin it's who's combat, very right? nervous. He needs two Valium to go on a plane to go to Miami. So imagine you go up in a plane and people are shooting at you, right? And other planes are shooting at you. But you make big money every month. Know how much you got paid every month? How much? $68 a month for combat fee. World War II. First he fought against Rommel, the Desert Fox in North Africa, like we're fighting now. Why was North Africa so important in World War II? It was close to Italy. Italy, yeah. All the oil comes from there, uh, right? That's why America go to Iraq, for the oil. So Hitler needs oil and gasoline to run his tanks, his airplanes, submarines, and ships. So Rommel was called the Desert Fox, genius in fighting in the desert. Matter of fact, Israel studies Rommel to this day. He's one of the best generals of all time. Then, of course, he flew in the European theater, which was what? Italy, Germany, they bombed Germany down to nothingness. Then my dad flew in Korea. You know who's one of the best pilots who ever lived, combat pilots? Your dad? No. 
Who was the best Ted baseball? Williams. Correct. Boy, this guy's good. I'm on top of the world, baby! Now, did, did, did Ted Williams not eat fruits and vegetables? Yeah, you still don't tell you. Well, let's, get, let's get back to this. Let's get so back Ted, to So Ted Williams was the last batter who batted over 400, 405, 406. Correct. Guy hits 280 these days. They give him like $10 million, right? Yes. Yep. So in the height of his career, during the Korean War, when he was like 28 years old, to go in the Air Force, you have to volunteer. You could appreciate that, right? Yes. So in any army in the world, the pilots are the best. They're taking a plane that costs anywhere from $60 million to $2 billion. A young kid, 17 to 21. Look at the discipline and look at the creativity you need to fly a plane. Just think about that. So you have to be both a daredevil and disciplined. So my father's squad, the 15th Air Force, 82% died, 82. Either wow. in training or getting shot down and stuff. So he And is that average, you think? Because um, that makes sense to me. I, I don't think I that like, when, when you're in war and you're flying, I can't imagine too many people surviving. I think like, that's why it's a big deal if you survive a war you, you are a war a, hero because you survive the a odds day are against it. Yes, a day. And then there's a battle the next day. You might not survive know. that one. So, you know, I'm, I promoted prize fights in Israel for many years, where I had Palestinians boxing Israelis. In Israel, Palestinians. In Israel. Yeah. So like the crowd's definitely not on their side in that mm -hmm. one. No, it's not that. When we do fights in New York, say you have a Mexican against a Puerto Rican, Englishman versus an Irishman. Pakistani versus Indian. Certain people are natural enemies. They're better off punching each other with 10-ounce red leather gloves than shooting each other. Yes. People have a need to fight, so let them box each other. So yes, why, do, why doesn't Iggy Pop and Aaron Bronstein not eat fruits and vegetables? Well, that's like a great question, isn't it? Yeah, we're waiting for yes. you to tell us. <laughs> okay. So you guys over here, what's called a crop duster. C-R-O-P-D-U-S-T-E-R. Yeah. You see them on TV. They're flying a biplane and spraying the fruits and vegetables. If you don't spray a field, nothing will grow. Insects will eat everything. That's just a fact. It's called crop dusters. Okay. So you from the Midwest, you said? No, no, no. Uh, Iggy Pop is. I'm from Las Vegas. I'm from the desert. You were born in Nevada? Can't win them all, man. Yep. Really? Born and raised, brother. So that's the desert. You, that is the desert, yes. Cacti, And people snakes. don't understand that. That they don't get the whole plot. How big is the desert? Well, it's pretty big. I mean, it's pretty infinite. They I come, mean, they, they, they grew come in sizes. They yeah. come in different shapes and sizes. <laughs> so the colonel... Depends on what you're buying your desert, what market right. you're at. Oh, no, I like that. Colonel would tell me, he'd go, hey, kid. Now, growing up with a combat pilot is not a regular thing. If I was missing a college day, I have to stand outside for three hours at attention. Yes. I said, why? He said, moron, say you're the pilot. You forget to put down your landing gear. You're flying 400 people to Miami in a 737. You killed 400 people for not putting down your landing gear. Your next mistake is your last one. In the car, you run out of gas, call AAA, put your thumb out. Say you're flying a plane, you run out of gas, what do you do? You die. First of all, it's a federal offense. It's a federal offense to run out of so gas. So if you survive running out of gas in the middle of the air, um, they throw you into the pokey? Yeah, I mean, it's a federal offense. Why? 
pilot's responsible for X amount of lives when he's flying civilians right all over the place? Yes. What happens if you get to put down your landing gear? It's generally frowned upon, I believe. (laughs) Game's over. Game, set, match. You're dead at 50 feet. Plane stalls at 50 feet. You'll break every bone in your body. You wish you were dead. Did you ever know that? People don't know that. Well, we know it now, sir, and we have you to thank for that. Okay, let's go back to the fruits and vegetables. Yes, let's do fruits and vegetables, and then I want to ask you more about your upbringing. This is, like, really important. So a crop duster is the pilot that sprays all the farms and fields all over the world, America, South America, everywhere in the world. If you don't spray a crop, what's going to happen? I guess they're trying to keep the insects out. I don't know if it's a guarantee that the insects will, will, will clear you out, but uh, it's uh, it should help. Then they give me the stupid talk, like in Zabel. Yeah, but it's organic. They can't control Bernie Madoff in the stock exchange, but they have vegetable police down in South America. Hey, hey, Jose, that's, what, hey, they sprayed that one, didn't they? Oh, it's a free-running chicken. Who's the chicken police? When they use the word organic, it's all a ladder of lies. Who's checking them out? Chicken police, I think that was a cheap trick song, but I'm not sure. So what you're saying now, I think the the light bulb went off in my head right now. You don't trust the spraying that the crop dusters do with pesticides, insecticides, whatever, on the fruits. So you think the fruits and vegetables are poison, and that's why you don't put them in your body? Okay, let's do this again slowly. I got to deal in facts. I'm not into, like, high school stuff. People check you out. There's no Beyond TV and radio, people want to catch you. I mean, that's the real deal, and they're right. Okay. Okay, you got the plot? So how do I come up and say something so eccentric, why well, don't eat fruits and vegetables, that stuff will kill you? And no they tell you just that. the opposite. Who invented fruits and vegetables? People who well, are eating fruits well, and vegetables Well, thank God are, invented fruits. dying. Okay. So and per- what are you eating? And I'm sure that has, are you checking that stuff out? I only eat carbonos. No. <laughs> how come you don't eat those? The carbonos? So in the Old Testament, we had the priests called the coins, and they only ate sacrifices, which were meat, not right? O- not only. What did they, they, they eat? They ate, I mean, they ate whatever. Um, they were, their job was to eat the sacrifices, but it wasn't exclusive. What was the sacrifice? Tofu, cottage cheese? No, it was, uh, it was a lamb. or a Lambs, chicken, bulls, or, or dove, right? Doves, All that. Okay. Lambs, bulls? Pigeons. Uh, no, uh, organs. Bulls, okay. Eat the heart, the liver, the kidney. So that's what the priest ate. It's in the Old Testament fact. Now, crop dusters. What's like we know about the Old Testament. Well, go read the book. <laughs> well, it's interesting, so don't read it. What's the difference? It states there that the priest ate carbonos. Is it good for you, Ved? I don't know. I want to do what they do. So who promotes fruits and vegetables to everybody? It's so healthy, cholesterol, all these tricky words. Who? Who, uh... Teachers, parents, health, doctors. doctors. <laughs> you know, Surgeon so, General. So people like Prince Charles. He's home eating big pieces of meat, big sirloin steaks and porterhouse and roast duck and gorgeous Do we know that's food. what he eats? Well, President I've eaten with him. Oh, eat, sorry, sorry uh, President of Fan Club, my bad. He doesn't eat tofu, and he doesn't eat cabbage and lettuce. I bet okay? he's got some cabbage. So what they do to heads of countries in India... Saudi Arabia, France, etc. They tell you, so the poor people don't revolt. 
Oh, fruits and vegetables are better. You don't eat a steak. Now it's $20 a pound. Are you crazy? Go eat an apple. Go eat a banana. It's healthier for you, sir. They're sitting home eating like beautiful food. Yes or no? You ever think no. of that? Okay. Isn't President Clinton a vegan? Well, that's why you had heart attacks. <laughs> because you're admitting that if you just... Uh, listen, I'm a big fan of chicken and meat, but it's going to... It's gonna. Let's go back to what I said about... Something. Okay, why don't I eat scientifically fruits and vegetables? I gave the well, answer. The crop crop dusting? Dusting. Wait, yes. and you think that's unhealthy? That's a crap... No, I just want to go on a fact, okay? They cr- What's the, and what is the fact, though? What is the life expectancy of a crop duster pilot? Oh, it's for the pilots that you're the, not guy, doing? the guy who's spraying the field. What's for the Lo- pilot? What's his, what's his li- life expectancy? We have no idea, sir, but I have a wild guess that, that you offense. do. No, I mean, what's normal life expectancy say, uh, in America for 78, like 78. 78. Okay. You know what there is? 26. No, it's not. How are they dying that early? When do they get the job? <laughs> how do you know how to fly a plane before that? Well, pilots start in the Air Force at 17. By 21, 22, they're an old man. And they're out crop dusting? So wait a minute. Well, you got to get a job. You're a professional pilot, and you can't make it to American Airlines or JetBlue. What do you do to make a living? So you fly other planes. Pilots like to fly. That's their whole life. They love what... You love doing comedy. You love running a club. You guys love what you do. That's why you're so successful. You love what you do. Well, I mean, I originally wanted to be a lumberjack, but I ended up here. I mean, but why? You sense. have a good time. You meet people, make people laugh. It's just it's a beautiful thing. Is, it's, it's is the reason the your concern for the pilots or the what the what the dust the dust part of the crop they're dusting. spraying the crops? Yeah. So to kill and people are not dying who eat those crops. So to kill a fly or anything, you have to give it a little poison. That's the truth. Okay. To kill a rat, how do you kill it? So you, they're you, small. You have to trap it. No, you have to give a little bit of poison, and that's how they die. That's the facts. Insecticides, pesticides, biggest businesses in the world. Then they have this new thing, finance organic. I play tennis with this famous butcher in Florida, and he laughs at me. There's a famous butcher? Yeah, big business. Uh, guys who own chicken farms. Who's the most famous chicken guy of all time? Frank Perdue. Takes a tough guy to make a tender chicken. Remember Frank Perdue, one of my heroes? No. Well, I was going to go with uh, old man Tessa in Philadelphia, <laughs> the chicken man who's immortalized in the Bruce Springsteen what? song that the mob guy got blown up. I would say he's the most famous chicken guy. Go old McDonald's. That's where I was going. Uh. No, I like that. You're talking sense. All that comes from something. So an average crop duster lives to be 26. He's breathing in that poison more than other people, right? Just so you know, we have a ruling. Um, Prince Charles apparently eats one meal a day. That's true. And what's AIG stand for, Super Tramp? Big company. Used to be run by Ace Greenberg, Hank Greenberg. Oh, Who, I, I know him. Well, I know his son, Ted really? Ted Greenberg. So why don't you ask for some money? The guy's worth like $12 billion. Yeah, I'll just randomly <laughs> ask Ted for his dad to write me a check. I'll tell him peace to the club. So let, let's go back to this. Um, so you're growing up in Brooklyn. Let's try and get away from yeah. the well, where, where fruits you, and vegetables. If you, if you, Borough Park. If your father works for the Air Force, you go where your mission is, next mission. So I lived all over the place. You traveled a lot. Where are some of the places that you went to? Uh, Arizona, the Mojave Desert, the Mojave Yotan. Desert. Yes, That's where they you. do most of their training. All over Gwin, Alabama, Tupelo, Mississippi, all over the south. I went to Juarez. 
all over Texas, any place there's like open land where the United States Air Force could check their jets and do things where there are no civilians around, that's where pilots go when there's not a war. And how did all that moving affect you? It was great. You enjoyed it. Lack yeah. of stability, though. Stability sucks. You don't like stability? No. What does stability mean? We're all born dead. It's just a matter of time. You know who taught me that? Who taught you that? Woody Allen. Nah. <laughs> Mr. Purdue, the Morrison. chicken Morrison. The Doors. Jim Morrison, yes. The great Jim Morrison. I promoted Jim. Do you know Jim Morrison never died, right? I did not know. Jim Morrison's still alive. Where Absolutely. is he? Peria, Illinois, and he raises Schutzhunds. S-C-H-U-T-Z-H-U-N-D. Schutzhunds? Schutzhund is special training for German shepherds. That sounds like e. something racist one of my uncles in Rochester <laughs> would have said, to be quite honest. No, Arnold's name is racist. Well, that the too. The governor of California. Well, but a Schutzhund in German means a watchdog. Mm. S-C-H-U-T-Z-H-U-N-D. So you ever see a seeing eye dog crosses a person through traffic? Yes. Yeah. So is that a dog you buy at Macy's for 50 bucks? No, Macy's is out of those. I just checked. I don't think Macy's like sells that. dogs anyway, but I don't know. Say you go to a pet shop yes. and you buy a great dog. they got to be specially trained, yeah. And for years and years to look how they go through traffic, I mean, and, and the guy doesn't get hit. Isn't that brilliant? So that's a Schutzen. It takes years of training the dog. How do you know Jim Morrison's doing this? Yes. Well, I was one of the official promoters of Woodstock, August 16th to 19th, 1969. Best weekend of my whole life to this sure. date. There was three of us. I lost 32 grand, but I had the best weekend of my life. You know what I wore all weekend? Nothing. A white silk Brioni's tuxedo. Wow. In the middle of summer in upstate New York. Let me tell you, Prince Charles taught me, man. Was he there too? No. Oh. Fashion is not for comfort. No, I agree. I'll write that down. I concur. Okay. But I hate when people agree with me. <laughs> well, I'll argue with you plenty in a minute. I, I actually disagree with that. Go on. No, I, I don't feel like I express myself through what I wear, so my idea of clothing is for comfort and and uh, temperature control. I feel more comfortable with myself when I dress better. When I've started wearing button-ups in the I last few years. I get uncomfortable. I feel so much more But don't more you feel empowered. best when you're completely butt-ass naked and no one's around? Oh, yeah, no one's around. Okay, <laughs> yeah, so man. let's start. With no, I, I'm better with completely buck naked with everyone around. But look what I got. I'm doing okay. 25% Italian right what, there. What are you, a nudist? I am far, no, not a nudist at all. But you just told us that you like walking around. I also like to joke a little, hence my profession. But <laughs> now, Jim Morrison is alive, and you know it because of Woodstock. But the doors were not at Woodstock. Agreed. Okay. Very upset about that. Were you he trying some... to get them there? Absolutely. And then what, what broke it down? Um, luck. Luck broke them down from no one, Woodstock. No one in the world figured that Woodstock would be so outrageous. We expected maybe eight or 9,000 people in Yasker's farm, YSGUR's farm. We had a little farmer, had 100 acres, paid him like 1,000 for the weekend, and that was it. No one expected to be what it became. Did they just make out that of control. Two years ago, Ang Lee about the guy who yes. played with. Were you in that? No, I'm in Are the Are you real that Woodstock. guy in the white tuxedo there? Well, so I'm a promoter. Okay. Okay. Also, Janice Joplin, my friend. Is she alive? No. She is. She dead. bought the farm. <laughs> she so bought the farm. That's okay. how they say it, you know. In the yes. Office. So, Janice Joplin's accountant was Jaime Itzkowitz from Staten Island. Jewish. It's Gowitz. 
I guess so. What about Jaime? <laughs> Jaime was a uh, Mexican oh. Jew. That's awesome. Jaime is, you know, our, but that's his name. Jaime Itzkowitz. He's a super breed. That's he was is. her accountant, and obviously she was hard to control. She didn't care. She was just a great thing. Just buy me a Mercedes Benz. My friends just drive Porsches. I must make amends. That's like a real singer. Morrison with the Doors. These were like real rock stars. So all the rock stars for Woodstock stayed in hotels. Okay. They're artists. They don't want to stay in the mud with hippies. They stayed. There was two beautiful hotels, Grossinger's and the Concord. Yeah, old we, school Borscht Belt hotels. We we chopper them in every day to stage. It's impossible to get to the stage. There's over half a million people having a great time. And that's what went on. So as a promoter, I'm always wearing tails in a tuxedo. If you're an artist, who do you want representing you? Someone in, like, jeans? I mean, really, you want someone who looks like, what's that actor's name? Well, I would Schreiber. Think... What's the guy who played the... Lee Shriver? He was in that Woodstock movie with the, where he plays the he-she. Remember that? There the was he a she. There was... No, a transgender. He was... Wasn't he in that movie where they had, like, a... The kid owned the bungalow colony, his parents. Was and that all Dimitri Martin? That's Dimitri Martin. So tell us about that movie. Well, that's the one I that Benji was it. just yeah. describing. I, I didn't actually oh. say, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a great movie. But I would think I in the late 60s, things. right, you would want someone not in a suit. All those bands that you're describing were very anti-corporation, very anti-suit. They were just pure artists. So I would think they would want blue jeans and maybe so. a tie-dye shirt or a shirt with a rip in it. So I would think a suit probably... You would be an enemy in their eyes. Let's say you're a professional athlete. Okay. You, you want someone, if someone doesn't care about themselves, they can't care about you. So I see someone in torn jeans with a tie-dye suit. When it comes to business, look at the Beatles, look at the Rolling Stones. They give away money? Do they give away money? Well, I don't, I don't know. No, they Apparently, don't. Ace Greenberg does, and I have to get on that. What about what about uh, Bruce Springsteen? He gives charity? He gives a lot of charity. To who? I don't know specifics, but I know he donates and stuff like yeah, that. Might donate his time for a free song here and there. So I did a whole thing on that. Charities. You ever see, like, Bill Gates, the richest person in the world? Okay. Him and his wife were always doing something about mosquitoes in Africa. Yes, the Nets. They always have, like, vague charities no one could check on. No, I don't think that's, like, shady charities. <laughs> well, let me I think you, you could check. Well, let me give you an erroneous. I, I think we need to save uh, okay, the mosquitoes can, in Africa. Let me give you a fact, okay? You guys want real facts. We love facts. Okay. So one of the radio shows I do, the studio, is by Canal Street and Broadway, 492 Broadway. That's all-night radio, like uh, 12 to 5 a.m. Okay. So the most beautiful part of New York City is late at night. There's no traffic. It's cool. Especially downtown. It's mellow. Yes. It's the most beautiful thing you ever seen. And the only thing that really bothers me, things I know about. If Bill Gates is such a great man, why there's still homeless people in New York City when I go downtown to do all night radio? Charity begins at home. I appreciate mosquitoes in Africa. To that's well, a horrible thing. He, he gets to choose what he wants Why to do with his money. Why doesn't he take care of homeless in America? Well, a lot of homeless want to be homeless. I, and I still, uh, how about the people that aren't helping anyone? Don't, I'm, don't, I'm not don't arguing, shit but, on Bill Gates. But no, his big thing is 
Him and his wife, Matilda, Melinda, they give billions to charity. His father's the lawyer. I got him and Warren Buffett giving what charity? I don't have that offhand. I, I, Super I'm, Tramp, that's I, a, your next homework. Look that up. What charities are Warren Buffett and Bill Gates? Bill yes. Gates. So the they're, Gates they're so that's big, people are scared to question them, aren't they? I don't, I don't know. Is that a thing? People are afraid to question the charities. I never well, he says, he said, I'm Bill Gates. I'm worth a hundred billion dollars. Matilda and I uh, wipe out malaria in Africa by killing mosquitoes. <laughs> Guess he needs a crop duster, doesn't he? Hey yo. So they're like very vague. I'm I've, not saying he's a good man. I'm sure he does wonderful things. I'm a big fan of his, but it is very vague. These charities. What do you think? Well, we're trying to get him as a sponsor, so we yeah. really can't say anything. Let's get back to you, sir. Yeah. Let's get back to okay. you promoted Woodstock. Were you promoting boxing before Woodstock? Good question. The way I got into boxing is through tennis. Through tennis? I think that's how most boxers get in. Okay. Tennis was by far my favorite sport to play. You go forward and backwards, side to side. You have to think. It's one against one. There's no teamwork involved. You have to depend on yourself. Without a doubt, the best workout in the world, besides lifting weights, obviously, is playing tennis. More so than boxing. Well, boxing is a beautiful thing, but you just don't want to get hit in the head. Okay. Because the brain doesn't feel any pain. When they do brain operations, That's true. there's no anesthesia. Well, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, so, you gotta ask Aaron Bronstein. Well, that's what Bronstein you're here for. knows everything. Now, so you're playing tennis, and how does that My lead whole you life. to promotion? I, I love tennis. How does that lead to promotion? Okay, so for my birthday one year, my wife bought me a tennis court. You you bought you a court? What in your backyard? Yeah, I lived in Kings Point, Long Island. Okay. Exit 33, five and a half acres. As a young man, I recently became like real wealthy. Some big company like Ace bought my company with a three-year non-compete clause. Let's make believe you're 28 years old, and you guys love what you do. How many hours a day you guys put in? Hours. You, tell hours. everyone your name. I'm, I respect you. No, tell, they tell, know tell, my tell, name. I've been here. Benji. Ben, Benji what? Benji Suswine. How long have you been in this club? I've been here for three years, and when I'm here, it's usually like 10, 11-hour days. What about you? Tell everyone your name again. It's okay. My name is um, Mad Dog Mattern. AKA How do you spell no Mattern? It's Pattern, but throw an M up in there. Okay. So I try to make things easy for people. Yes. Everyone's so overloaded with emails yes. and troubles. Everybody's broke. Nothing's certain. Everyone's a nervous wreck. So if you spell for them, like NY, New York, Shock Jock, it's hard to spell. I got to spell it for them. You got to get it out, though. What's the difference? You gotta get people a mulligan in life. Okay, um, I like that. Whole life's a mulligan. Life is a mulligan. Okay, so you love what you do. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the reason you're successful, you do it even if you didn't get paid. I do radio and TV for free. They're so stupid they pay me. I can't believe it. <laughs> no, well, don't say the that. Big network. We'll cut that part out. Okay, I'm sure you <laughs> will. No, I'm saying so, so no, they I don't mean, know they can get away with not paying. The irony me. is Bill Gates pays them after. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, you you're, you're, the, the you're the author of your own life. Yes. You agree with that statement? Yes. Certainly. I end every show. We all become what we pretend to be, and you're the author of your own life. Whatever you say happens. Are you aware of that? 
Yes. I mean, we're definitely the author. We're, we're probably not the publisher. You know? I think Destiny <laughs> I is the publisher. I say things that don't happen. G yeah. Give an example. Let's discuss I, what philosophy. I uh, have a million dollars. Okay. That doesn't, that doesn't just happen. Well, it could. It could. You could win the lottery even without playing it. I don't All know right. if you listened to our esteemed uh, guest earlier. It could happen. So you see, you see people always tell me, oh, how you doing? And they say, same old, same old. So why don't you just jump off the roof? Well, maybe bother? same old's good. Yeah, the same old's pretty like good. Maybe it's consistent. No, you I don't, don't like stability. Very bored. The same old, same old. It, the president of Caesar's Palace told me that once. I asked him, what do you like? Something wrong with your brain? What do you mean? Same old, same old. You do out the real life and do something else if you're not happy what with it. What do you say if someone asks you how you're doing? I'm having a great time. Every day is a new adventure. I, every day I try to do things I've never done before. So when they plant you, you have no regrets. What people are worried about the most in their life is what their peer group will think, what the people near them will say. They're scared of doing anything, scared of failure, scared of what they're going to say behind their backs. They're so worried about everything. Then one day, have you ever been dead? Were you ever declared dead in a hospital? Uh, nope. I would say no, sir. So I've been dead have, broke. Have you? Yes. You've been declared dead? Absolutely. By a professional doctor? No, by a hospital. By the entire hospital? Everything stopped working. The actual building declared him dead? <laughs> I was in the... What happened? What happened? I was, in, I was in the Gulf War. Israel had Fighting? the Gulf War. No, getting scudded on. 54 oh, times. What's a Scud? Scud missile. I had a bar called Scud Alley in Israel. S-C-U-D. One day in Israel, we all know Israel, Moshe Dayan, six-day war, the guy with the patch. Remember? Yeah. Okay. I don't think everyone else does, but yeah. Well, Israel is like Rocky. They're fighting 22 Arab countries that try to make 9-11 out of Israel every day. That's a fact of life, right? I'm not making this up. We had a taste. Ironically, today's September 11th. When true. did September 11th happen? 2001. Okay. So Mayor Bloomberg comes on my show once a month. What was the purpose of 9-11, the people that did it? Uh, they just wanted to hurt America. Yeah, they should declare war. And fighting so, uh, Western you know, culture and the people trying to control them you know, and stuff like that. I'm a fifth-generation New Yorker, old-time old Americans and stuff. So let's say when the Irish fight the English, they want their own country. When America fought England back July 4th, 1776, we wanted our own country. When Israel fought England in 1948, well, we want their own country. Right or wrong? They didn't fight England. Oh, who did we fight? Who owned we Israel? No, they got it, and then the Arab countries attacked them, and they fought the Arab countries. Okay. So, no, you're talking sense. So we understand, as Americans, when we fight, we want something, right? Yeah. Do we understand the concept of a suicide bomber? Have you ever met a Christian in junior life that would kill themselves for anything? Well, I mean, there's, there's obviously Christians and there. Jews that kill Have themselves and do suicide, yes. A Christian or Jew... Would kill himself over a cause. What about the uh, the pilots you told us about? Very smart, smart thing. So my father went to war college. You know war colleges? West Point. The study of war. That's one of them. You got the Air Force Academy, Annapolis. The study of war. 
Why did America fight a conventional war against the Germans in World War II? Why did we have to nuke the Japanese, Hiroshima and Nagasaki? What's the reason? They wanted to end the war. Yeah, right. And he thought, they Truman did. thought, they thought. Truman thought if he just kills them in big bunches and scares the, the shit out of them, that he would be saving more of his people. Yeah. That's, a, that's the answer. You know that. That is the answer. You said that is the answer? No, I said, I'm, I'm asking you. How well, do that's you know what I, Yeah, I think it's... Uh, that's what I believe, yeah. So what's the definition of conventional war? We've seen with Patton, West Point guy, right? Okay. We got Patton, right? We're fighting Germany in normal war with the Air Force, tanks, infantry submarines, battleships, all kinds of stuff. Why didn't we fight the same war against the Japanese? We did. We had it. We had foot soldiers there. We had our navy there. We just we burnt Japan down. We did worse to Germany. You ever read uh, Kurt uh, Vonnegut's really Slaughterhouse bad. Five? Never read it. Okay. I'm giving a suggestion today on the show. Please. There's a wonderful book by Kurt Vonnegut who just bought the farm. My favorite book he wrote is called The Slaughterhouse Five. How did he come up with that name? Well, I studied that. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, tell well, us. I never yeah. read it. I love culture. I love reading and stuff. When you live overseas, there's no TV to watch. It's all in foreign languages, so you have to read. It's very bad for your brain. It makes <laughs> your brain too big. Read so, it. I read Kurt Vonnegut. Reading and fruits and vegetables, spell? just so you all know out right. there. Don't all, read. All you kids listening. Don't eat just fruits watch, and vegetables. No. It'll fuck your life up. And no I just, reading. No, I just watch commercials. I love commercials. Well, it's the greatest thing. And a banana, Chiquita banana. I'm here today. Ba, ba, ba. So let's get back to Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. How do you spell his name? There's G's and H's in there, I know. Okay, A-U. Kurt, K-U-R-T, Vonnegut, V-O-N-N. He's considered America's best author. What kind of stupid name is Slaughterhouse Five? I think I actually knew the answer to this. I think it sounds cool. Okay. Sounds like a video game. Sounds like something people would be waiting at midnight yeah. at GameStop for the next day. Like they love the, the first day. four yes. slaughterhouses. So. Okay, so in World War II. Rockstar Games produces Slaughterhouse Five. So you just made a brilliant comment. You said that America bombed Japan worse than dust and i'm telling you america bombed germany worse both. than Japan. they're both burnt they we, we we took those those places down we burnt them down they're all rebuilt since world war ii so kurt vonnegut an american boy was in the infantry in world war ii and the german captured him pow prisoner of war all right so normally armies don't kill other soldiers, the scared what they'll do to their soldiers, they get captured. Yeah. Okay. So he was a POW, and the Germans didn't want to kill any POWs. The scared what America do to their guys. Make any sense? It's like it's an officer and a gentleman. So Slaughterhouse Five takes place in Dresden, Germany. D R E S D E N. What is Dresden, Germany famous for? For Slaughterhouse Five. That would yeah. be my only answer. <laughs> okay, good answer. They make the most beautiful porcelain in the world. A little piece of porcelain. Go for thousands of dollars. That's like a white ceramic made by hand. It's complicated. People collect it all over the world called Dresden um, ceramics. 
So a slaughterhouse is a slaughterhouse. That's where they slaughter animals and sell meat. So they keep it very low underground because it's cold under there and the meat doesn't spoil. How long could you keep a steak out a refrigerator until it spoils? Not very long. Okay. So they decided, America announced we're going to bomb Dresden, we're going to burn Germany worse than we did to Japan just by carpet bombing with napalm, horrible things, just bomb them to surrender. That's how you win a war. That's it. Until there's nobody left. So he's in Slaughterhouse 5. That's the name of the Slaughterhouse. Five leagues under the ground where the butchers, German butchers, did their meat business. And then after they came up, after the bombing, after eight days of 24-hour-a-day bombing, both the RAF, that's the British Air Force, and the Americans bombed them to nothingness. Comes up, everything is dust. Dust. Dust, like real dust. And the only finds a little piece of porcelain. Yes. Survived all the bombings. And that's the essence of the Slaughterhouse Five, how he's against war, it does nothing, people kill each other. But as this young man said, he said something smart. The reason America had to nuke Japan, uh, you ever been on the west side, the Intrepid? Yeah. Yes, it's a great makeout spot. Had my uh, birthday party there in first grade. Okay. So what's the Intrepid? It is a boat that has nice lights, and it's a great place to get to second base on a Friday night in New York City. Right. Outstanding. I'm suggesting that to the kids. kids. Kids, no fruits, no vegetables. No reading. No reading. No one. No Go reading. see the Intrepid. You got to read. Grab some booby, baby. I threw it down. <laughs> okay, so the Intrepid's called an aircraft carrier. And we got to wrap it up here. Okay, real quickly. Okay. How many uh, planes could an aircraft carrier hold? 43. Okay, you ever been there? You see all the planes, right? They have yeah. different things. So to fight a war overseas, you got to take an aircraft carrier so you can have your planes and bomb them. So the Japanese had a thing called kamikaze pilots. They would yeah. fly in. They would sacrifice them, their lives. They would die. We can understand. It's a military target, it's right? It's a military target. It's the greater good as Mother Japan. But the suicide bombers that go kill women and children like supermarkets, I don't get that. I hate bullies. Why don't they go attack West Point? Why don't they attack any of our military bases? Why are you always looking to attack 9-11? What fight. are you doing there? No one wants a fair no, fight. No, no, no. What are you doing down 9-11? Got two office buildings. Well, that was more a statement than anything else. Yeah. But did they ever say what they want? Did they want money from America? Did they want oil from America? What do they want? What's their they business what, what America really does? They don't really know what they're doing. It's but just anger it's, for the sake of anger. It's a response. So no, you ever see what a bomb does? Say you're a suicide bomber and you blow up half your body. Say you blow your balls off. It's possible, right? It's a bomb, right? Hey, I'm knocking on wood and that never happens. A, that okay. I a, so, ever have a bomb, B through Z, that I blow my balls so off. So America didn't know how to deal with someone willing to kill themselves for a cause, so we had no choice to nuke them. It's simple That's as it. that. Makes sense? It does. Speaking of sense, I think this is a great closing question because we have to... Uh, to close up well, shop let's here. Let's give the name of my thing here. Oh, we'll do plugs right oh, at the I'm end. I'm sorry. We'll do sorry. plugs at the end. What is the meaning of life, good sir? Uh, You're a very fascinating survival. person. Survival. Survival. Yes. By any means necessary or no? No, by using your brain and your wit. What about uh, creating stuff? And you know, the most beautiful thing. You can sit in a basement all day surviving. You think that's the meaning of life? Uh, if you're a great writer, a great director, 
You're doing a radio show, TV show. There's many things to create. Very good. And do you create every day? You yes. You seem like someone yes. who does. Constantly. Other than doing this wonderful podcast with us today. Everything fascinates me. It, I, I can tell. Because we have we covered 300 topics. I've never done this before in my life. Well, we are popping really? your, your podcast Think cherry. Think about that. Yes. You've never have podcast? I ever podcast from this room? Now, I've nope. done TV and radio upstairs in the main room, but I've never been in this interesting room. Stand up, New York Comedy Club. I've never done this before in my life. See, it's very It's better than winning the lottery. It's what a, an experience. See? I never even knew Thank this. You. What is a podcast, by the way? Where'd that word come from? Peeing a pod? I mean, what is a pod? It's internet radio is a good way to think about it. You can so listen to it anytime. Why don't they call it internet radio? Well, no, because it's, it's, it's always available. It's not live. You can go back to oh, so other dead? episodes. Well, so we're dead here? When we, we are dead, then. you can still listen to it. So the first radio job I had was on 40th Street and Broadway. This guy had the first internet radio show, and no one knew what it was. And apparently we still don't, yeah. because we just did not know the word podcast. Um, throw your plugs, Aaron. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, uh, so, tell so the people good. where they can find you. And Okay. So you can find me. I'm on TV and radio constantly. Just punch in NY, shock jock, S-H-O-C-K-J-O-C-K, NY in front. My friend Howard has uh, just plain shock jock, NY shock jock. Just punch in my name, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. You don't have to do my last name, probably, these days. Yeah, forget the last Google's name. Google's just like, do you mean Aaron Bronstein? Yeah, how do they do that? Uh, they see what most people are searching, and okay. then also what you typically search, and there's there's an algorithm for it. What is an algorithm? These new words. Pod, it's alga. Like a, they, they crunch a lot of numbers and figure it out on the spot, so they can so see. So that's creative. You make new words up all the time. It's an old word. So let me hear about you. What's your mission? Well, we got to wrap this up. I mean, I would love... You don't have to do anything. You stay on the air until we all pass away. What's my mission Well, I'm, I'm almost dead. I'm <laughs> My flat line, it's like, boop. What? Boop. I could just feel it. I know these things. I have premonitions. You're like a young guy. How old are you? I'm 52 years old. Oh, oh you're a old. A lot of Botox for me. But that's, uh, and a lot what, of vegetables, sir. How old are you? Vegetables keep me young. I'm 26. Good age. So Alexander the Great conquered the world at 21, dead at 28. Still yeah. a good run. Let me say I met Prince Charles. So in England... You met Prince Charles? Yeah, many times. Are you a so, fan of his work? I love his stuff. He's, he's like just a class guy. I was thinking of joining the fan club. Yeah. Well, it costs you 1000 a month. I have a picture with him, and he'll send you a button. But he's a fascinating guy. I heard he only eats one meal a day. That's true, at night. Aristocrats only eat big steaks at night. So lays in your chest, you have plenty of strength in the morning. Whatever doctors tell you to do, I always do the opposite. Really? Yeah. Remember what you And you're still alive? Well, look at me, baby. So whatever they tell you to do, I don't listen. You ever see a healthy-looking doctor? I think they tend to look pretty healthy, yes. Uh, really? Mine always like chubby and fat and bald. They look like crap and they smell. My doctor is an actual UFC fighter. Wow. Like my doctor is George St. Pierre. I don't understand ever what the fuck he's saying to me, but I just trust him because he's in good shape. Okay, and he can beat professional up athlete. Yes. So you lead George by Saint example. That's what I do. So we do in England, we do black tie boxing for the prince's charity. Okay. So what's black tie boxing? They have these high class clubs in England. Everyone pays a couple of hundred. You have to wear a tuxedo. Women have to wear a gown. 
So I do that for Prince Charles, for Prince Charles Charity. I think the boxers should have to wear a I black was, that's tie. That's what I thought it was That'd at be, first, and I kind of I'll pay a couple hundred to see that. Remember, remember tuxedo matches in pro wrestling? You'd have to rip the tuxedo off the other mm -hmm. guy. That's what it should be in boxing. You have to punch all the shit off the guy, okay. and then you're the winner. So John L. Sullivan, the last bare knuckle fighter, yes. no gloves in the old days. He would come into a bar wearing a tuxedo with tails, and he said, I'm the toughest guy here. I'll whoop everybody in the building. I'll drink you. I'll drill you anything you want. I'm right here. Go get me. John L. Sullivan. How's that? Real tough guy. True tough guy. And we had a guy, Jack Dempsey, who had his yeah. uh, club on 8th Avenue in the 50th, yes. and Queen Elizabeth screwed him. How did... Took away his lease. That's a shame. Jack Dempsey. That, Jack what Dempsey made Tyson look like a choir girl. But at least Jack Dempsey's place was open long enough that Michael could get picked up there to go to the Bronx and kill Palazzo and that true. son of a bitch McCluskey. So you know what a Jack Dempsey is? Is it's, that a drink now? Yes, it's and a what's drink. It? And it's a famous thing. So you know, guys, when I go with Tyson and these guys, everyone has a couple drinks. They want to be macho, sure. right? And get Tyson. I'll show you. Hey, bro, watch yes. me. I'll punch the champ. I'll teach him a lesson. So champs don't want to do that. You get into trouble, right? Because professional fighters, the hands are considered lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. Okay. So everyone's challenging Jack Dempsey. So you'd say, okay, okay, Tom, let's have a fight. By the way, bartender, hey, bud, give this guy a drink. So in the drink, you'd have a knockout thing. Guy would take the drink and be unconscious. Called the Jack Dempsey. It's a roofie. Yeah, well. <laughs> I guess so. In the old days, yeah, something like that. Uh, what are they Say using? you're Jack Dempsey. You have a club. Everyone's gonna challenge you, right? Sure. You go out with a football player, Mike Strahan. Everyone wants to challenge you. That's normal. Machoism. That's who we are, right? Yeah. So what about Nevada? You're in Nevada. Don't they want to challenge anybody? Oh. Who's a champ? All we do is challenge everybody out there. I know there's this great story Burt Reynolds told once of him sitting with Rocky Marciano, who supposedly had a high-pitched voice like Tyson, and he <laughs> looks and he looks average size. Remember, he was like heavyweight champ, but a buck eighty, and he's sitting there at dinner, and he looks at Rocky Marciano and goes, "That's the, the undefeated champion of the world. I could take my fist and hit him right now." And Marciano, in the gleam of his eye, turns to him and goes, "I know what you're thinking. I'll beat your fucking brains in." <laughs> and that's it. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much. This thank was such a fascinating episode. Ooh. We covered things that I don't even think my brain had ever thought about. And so we thank you for that, sir. That um, once again, give your plugs one more time. Please, Aaron. So my name, Aaron's the name and boxing's the game. Just punch me in, baby. A-A-R-O-N, Braun, B-R-A-U-N, S-T-E-I-N. Don't be a fool and stay in school. I'll knock you out in two because I'm a tough Jew. But anyway, I love stand-up New York. It's the best. 78th and Broadway. I come here every night. Every night's a great adventure. There's new people. There's new gags. Yeah. And people there flop is new on gags. stage. One question, seriously. Yes. Okay, you're let's a stand-up. Let's get serious. Well, let's get This is heavy stuff. You're a stand-up comic. This is for young people out there yes. considering that. What happens if you're on stage and your worst nightmare happens? You make some jokes and no one laughs. What do you do? You move on to the next keep one. Keep going. Yes, keep swimming. What, what, what's your, what do you advise? You stay in the pocket. It's in like the a, pocket. It's like, it's like a quarterback. 
You can't get, get can't get sacked. You got to keep your feet moving. That's it. Look, look for holes. Look for where's your second option. Where's your third option? You know what a shill is? Yes. What is a shill? Uh, he's the one who sells the con. Okay. He's the one who fools the mark. So when you come to the show, don't you have to bring a couple of people with you to buy drinks and stuff? You just you have to buy drinks. No, but you have a table. Yeah, yeah. everyone's got to buy drinks. Yeah. Don't, there's the rules, right? So why don't you have your friends laugh at your gigs? I see their own table. No one's laughing. Oh well, not it's, you, it's not always fr- friends, yeah. but okay. We'll Just break that talk. down next time, Aaron. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, I think we'll do a wrap up and then we'll we'll say goodbye. Aaron, Aaron Bronstein shows the best yak in town. This is his flyer, and you look very Sorry, much. Oh oh yes. Read the top. Wise guys, black guys, and rabbis. That's and there's a picture of you. With Muhammad Ali, and you handed this to us as you walked in, and goes, "I am the white guy," because I well, could not no, confuse you with the black. Well, I did not think you were the black guy, the most famous boxer of all time. But uh, yes, close but enough. But say you're blind. Well, yeah. Then, then none then, of this would matter because you wouldn't be able to read this. I mean, that's the truth, Ruth. And telling a color is probably not going to help the blind guy out. That's an interesting thought. You right? goddamn right it is. All right, we'll talk to you guys in a minute. Thanks again. Thank you, Aaron. There you go, everybody. That was um, a a Picasso being painted in front of you. Or no, that was more like a Jackson Pollock. Yes, yes. Hopefully there was a method to his madness. Um, Benji, what were you just saying about this I was saying, so you hear him talking and you go, who's taking this guy seriously and how is he actually, you know, doing stuff? So good for him. To uh, I mean, again, we need to fact check everything and see what was, uh, was he at Woodstock in a white tux and... Everything was father and growing up all over. I don't know. We'll we'll look Who it knows? up. Who knows? But he's here, but and the, he he can talk, and he's got stories. But the important thing is, right? You go. Who would believe this guy? He believes him. He exactly. It's his truth. That's for sure. Don't they say the key if you want anyone to like you is to like the one in the mirror? That you right. have to like yourself first. He's content with who he is. Absolutely. And you can come with him or not. He'll ask you questions. Might not listen to you. Probably call you a genius. Man, I was a genius for yeah. just like simple shit, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, that color is black. This man is a fucking genius. Well, he doesn't curse though. So sure of his of what he says being true and and real. Unbelievable. He came in here with some savant shit. Yeah. Lust for life. Ah, oh, Vincent Van Gogh. Yeah, the movie Dupa Dupa Do. And you say Iggy Pop. I know he's my good friend. We used to hang out. We used to make fun of uh, vegetables together. How long did it take to get to the fucking pun- I still don't know what the punchline was with the goddamn fruits and vegetables. Yeah, I, was it the crop? With the crop? What, what, what are you saying, Super Tramp? You say it out loud. The movie was 56, He was off one year. The movie's 1956. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes we look it up. We're like, yeah, he's, he's close enough that he... Uh, he covers the point spread, Super yeah, Tramp. Exactly. crying out loud. <laughs> look at you just wanting to zing him. Yeah. That son of a bitch don't know nothing. <laughs> Why do I, when I do that yelling voice, I sound like Waltz from... Uh, Godfather. Johnny Fontaine doesn't get that part, and I'll tell you why. I'm running out of business. <laughs> my favorite characters, the everyone you know, growing up wanted. Uh, my crew was like, "Hey, I'm Michael. I'm Sonny. Oh, you're Fredo. All this shit, you know." With everyone's trying to be the brothers of Godfather. I am Waltz from the first one, and I am Frank Pantangeli from the second. That'll be another episode. I'm sure we could bring him in and talk to Godfather. He Can't wants just to come Copa. back. He said he was saying afterwards he wants to be here twice a week. I mean, we don't even record twice a week. Twice a week, <laughs> holy smokes! We just spoke couple. Uh, I told him um, right. that uh, 
that he should drink more wine. And right. then he gave that line. He has like, like a Forrest Gump type of like, I was next to everything that ever happened in history, but a boom. Yes, he is Forrest Gump. What if he was the inspiration for Brando's character? Mm. I have a feeling you bring up the Godfather, he'll be like, Brando was hanging out. Right. He is Tony Clifton and the God. It's so insane to me. It's a nice mix. Who would think to, to like, if you were making a character, you wouldn't ever, you're like too crazy. No one would believe someone like that. And, and you probably shouldn't believe someone <laughs> like that. I still don't believe it. And I met the guy. Insane. But you know what, man? You were saying this, and I agree with you. He is the embodiment of what this show is. Yeah. Being who you are, being different, right? not caring what anyone thinks, loves life. Yeah, that's the point. It's not a character. It's not a character. I, I've spoken to him before in real life. He was here last night. We were talking to him. The, he is speaking his truth. That's it. And that's all we can do, my people. Um, you try to be good to people. You do the golden rule. And beyond that, it's out of your hands. If people don't want to like you, fuck them. Do you like you? Are you enjoying yourself? You be who you is, baby. That's all we are. I'm going to be who I am. I'm Mad Dog Madden, goddammit. That's Benji Suswan. That's Super Tramp. AJ Field fucked up your last name. I don't care. Say AJ Feely, the quarterback? AJ Fieldman. That's your new name. It has been changed. I've changed people's names. Mark Stormer from the Killers for years was known as Mark Strummer in Las Vegas because I called him Mark Strummer. I go, it sounds tougher if you pretend that Joe Strummer of the Clash was your papa. Ah. And then finally, the band blows up, and he's Stormer again. And people are like, Mark changed his name to Stormer? I go, his name never was Stormer. But that's what the fuck I do. I'm mm-hmm. picking up that name I dropped. Till next week, baby. This is what we do. I'm back, man. I was rusty. I was feeling out of this shit. Aaron has brought life back into me. I have a lust for life. For Benji, for Super Tramp, whose new last name is Fieldman. We'll see you next week. And always remember, baby, you're all worth a million in prizes. Booyah! <laughs>